In this episode, Indie by Design number 20, Stace Harmon and I, John Robertson, discuss why we play games at all and how we play them. We begin with me talking about Campo Santo's Firewatch. Being obsessed with films and books and whatever, finding those new forms of being able to tell a story is super interesting to me. And mm. Firewatch is, is a really good example of that. So being challenged on that level, being challenged on um, thinking about how that's affected you, why it's happened in that way. How has that game done something that you haven't seen in a game before or that another medium hasn't done? Rather than, typically, rather than how are you being challenged by are you good enough with the controller? Have you memorised these 55 moves? Have you remembered the tactical sort of evolution and been able to employ that throughout the whole game? Even though I do play games like that as well. That's, at the moment... And probably increasingly less important to me than the sort of like internalized factors of, you know, how has that game affected me and how can I kind of understand why that's happened in mm. that way? Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I'm yet to play Firewatch, but I think the something I have heard about it and I think know about it is that is the way that it plays with the form and sort of the the delivery of its narrative through the dialogue between you and um Delilah on the other end of a of a two-way radio and it seems that it allows for um you know we're all very familiar with like dialogue trees and having that idea of where well, you you say this then you say this and, and people were just standing there I'm thinking typically of games like Skyrim and, you know, just Elder Scrolls games, but just, and really, it's not, certainly not specific to those games. It's most games, but where people are just kind of dialogue pinatas to be hit until they either give you some big reward for stumbling across the correct option or more likely they just peter out and then they start repeating themselves and then all you've the only thing you've got left to say is goodbye and it seems from what i've heard and seen what little i've seen of firewatch that they play with the form of that because no response you can you can choose to say a lot or you can choose to say a little or you can choose to say nothing as far as i understand it and that is a actual valid narrative decision rather than just a oh, i'm just going to sit here and wait for five minutes and think about how best I want to play this like not responding is an actual is an actual decision in and of itself so like inaction is a decisive action um and that is it's something that like it sounds like the kind of game that I would play through once just playing it as I would play it kind of properly as it were like how how I would actually try and react to things in a in a genuine way and not game the system but i would be interested so i think it's one of those games i'd be interested in the idea if not the practice of going back through it and like just not ever saying anything just being a completely silent person just being be that you know read as being moody or as being troubled or just introverted or whatever it might be so it's i like that that seems like a different thing about it like that's that idea of well yeah, how you choose to respond, if you choose to respond at all, is um, is kind of it, it seems to be in and of itself very much, you know, the game really, or certainly a big part of the game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, some uh, I think there are there are times where you do have to respond. She will wait for you to say something, and you have to respond in order to move forwards. And there are moments like that. So you won't be able to go through the game entirely just saying nothing. Um, there were parts where, because there's a countdown timer, and even when it looks like you, there's there's no option to say nothing, the countdown timer's going, and you, it, you'll just time out, and you'll say nothing. Um, right. I mean, that's, that's are, good in, a, in and of itself, because sometimes they have countdown timers, but then it just defaults to yeah, one of their might, responses. Yeah, there might be instances where that happens. I've only played it through once, so I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on all of those. But there were a couple of moments when I accidentally didn't respond because if you've got your map out or whatever, you can't on your compass, you can't have the radio out at the same time. And she was saying something, and I was listening to her while looking at the map and working out where to go. 
but then I just sort of didn't respond quickly enough and I didn't get the, the map out of my hand and folded away and then my radio back out to response and then she was like oh okay like you know you don't want to reply or whatever um <clears throat> but it wasn't like I felt that that was necessarily a failure like I was annoyed at myself but I was you know just in the same way as Henry the main dude may well have been annoyed at himself it's like oh you know sorry I didn't mean to do that yeah but okay well it's done now um <clears throat> It's interesting because I think one of the the dialogue sort of plays into one of the things that the game does best is kind of um, flipping your expectations, I suppose. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff in the game that's presented through dialogue. Almost everything in the game is presented through, well, that's not true, everything visually or through dialogue, but there's no... Like you're not really interacting with people or anything. Mm. Only the girls mm. at the start, and then on one other, one other occasion, two other occasions, do you see people, and that's it. And even um, then, the, the, from <clears throat> like the little that I played of the beginning, the, the girls in the lake, aren't they just like silhouettes or something? Like you don't even really, they're yeah, not, they're, they're people in the yeah. sense that they are, you know, facsimiles of people, but they're not. Yeah, they're not stood in front of you, a la Elder Scrolls, where you're talking to a talking head. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's silhouette. Yeah, I mean, one, yeah, one of the things that it does best is it kind of yeah it plays on your expectations of all of these things are set up through the dialogue, like and and you're trying to and maybe because it's a video game, because of the video game, the form of video games, you're looking for this, you're expecting this like grand adventure, and you're inferring all of this stuff through like the limited stimuluses that you've got. You've only already got what your eyes can see and what your what you're being told through the radio, maybe a few physical clues here and there. And your mind is like working up all of these things. Like, you know, is it this, is it this grand conspiracy? Are people out to get you? Is it this? Are are you going to fall in love with Delilah? Um, Yes. Is someone trying to murder you? Um, Is someone setting fires on purpose? All of this stuff. And actually it turns out it's all much less, crazy and wild than you think it is and it's like an interesting comment i think on we're always looking to infer something we're always looking for to to promote the sort of grandest sense of whatever these tiny little nuggets of information are especially in a video game um but actually it's playing on that and at every turn, once you get to the end, it's like, oh, actually, it was nowhere near as crazy as I thought. But the game does this really clever things along the way where it kind of predicts what you are going to be thinking about this. And it predicts that you're going to be thinking it's this or, or this or this or this. And it like try and it like plays it like sort of teases you along to those bits before revealing, actually, no, it was never that all along. And it's a really clever clever writing that that they've managed to predict the players the predict that the player is going to think like oh it's this grand conspiracy or oh that you're going to fall in love with Delilah or whatever it knows that you're thinking those things and it's playing on that like <clears throat> um yeah it's just a really piece of clever writing it's like it knows you're here for escapism and or or it's playing on the idea that most games are considered an act of escapism and therefore you're going to be looking for this big adventure and it pretends it sort of like teases you that but actually it's not it's not that so it's much more mundane and much more just normal mm. than 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 it seems yeah. but it always seems that way i think if i played it again it would be like oh, of course yeah of course it's normal i just elevated this in my mind what an idiot like i would it, it was all it was all internalized through my expectations and stuff yeah, well, I guess again, it's that that sounds like it's that notion of kind of playing with the form and the the expected beats or the expected um, tropes that that you do see in video games or or really in anything. Like you wouldn't, you, I guess, you wouldn't expect to sit down and watch a, a two hour, two and a half hour film or however long Firewatch is, and get to the end and it be. Just like, well, okay, that was that was fairly that was just two and a half, three hours of somebody's life. Like there wasn't really a great deal of actual sensationalist um 
moments in there because I presume also they use they use like audio cues and music and stuff like that to to mm. lead you in that direction like it is set mm. up to to be that yeah yeah for sure yeah um, the way the weather comes in or it gets mm, dark mm. or it's smoky because of a fire or whatever I've I mean it, it sounds a little bit like I've, I've recently started playing I'm not very far through it at all when uh, recently started playing Oxenfree on uh, Switch which is a very it's sort of a supernatural esque um game but the actual game itself is very much a sort of a narrative adventure and it's very much about characters talking to each other and you choosing a response in perhaps a similar way to you do in firewatch and there are different the sort of the, the typical different attitudes and it's like a bunch of teenagers who go onto this island they sneak away to have a bit of a party and a uh just drinking around the bonfire basically and there's sort of different there's like the narky one and there's this um stepbrother and sister whose parents have just got together and they're sort of navigating their relationship and at different points you can chime in on different characters conversations and add to it or respond or and if you don't then it just like the the prompts that you get these three little speech bubbles that give you a overview of what you're going to say or the the way that you're going to say it you can choose one of those or if you let it go for a little while they just fade out and then you've sort of missed the missed but you you then that window has passed to interject into that that um conversation and it's a really like again rather than just having you stood in front of somebody locked in place whilst they talk to you it's just a, a much more it's just a much more natural way of having a conversation with somebody and it's not you know, if you and I, every time we, <laughs> if we were walking down the street and every time we wanted to talk to each other, we stopped and then stood opposite each other to have a conversation, it would just be ridiculous. That's just not how people talk. You... And that has its own, you know, even the, in conversations, you take your own, you take cues from the verbal and the, the visual and the context of the conversation and the and the where you're having it as well. Like, you know, there's certain conversations you probably wouldn't have walking down the road that you might have sat down because they're they're bigger conversations or they're more weighty or you know more conversations you wouldn't necessarily have in public with people where people might overhear you that you would have in private so it's it kind of plays around with those those sort of just the subtleties and the the attributes of dialogue which is you know it's an interesting yeah interesting so thing. i haven't played oxen for it is on my list i have got a copy do do the do the decisions, dialogue decisions, or, or whatever else? Um, do they play into different endings? Because in Firewatch, it's the same ending. Well, I mean, it's the same. It's the same visual ending, but it's not the same ending because the the if you've been paying attention, then the dialogue choices and the actions that you've taken contextualize that quote unquote same ending in very different ways. Um, mm. So you're always working towards the same point, but the contextualization of that gives you, I would imagine, I've only played it through once, gives you a very different vibe and a very different sensation and understanding of the characters involved, depending on how you've <clears throat> how you've interacted up and up and up until that point. It's, that, it's one of those things that we're like, um, you know, video games have sort of multiple endings or they trick you into thinking that they've got multiple endings. And this this isn't a trick. It certainly does have multiple endings mm. in my in my mind, even though it's the same ending. Um, yeah. But, yeah. The meaning, the meaning derived from it. Yeah, I mean, there are... Yeah, the meaning's very different. Again, it's yeah. about that internalisation thing. Like, yes... In the strictest sense of the ter- of of the form, you've every player has undergone the same events, but depending on how you've spoken through them or interacted with them, you've likely got a very different interpretation of them. Yeah, I mean, yes, there are there are different endings. Um, I mean, this is theoretical because I've not played it. I haven't even completed it once yet, but I do know there are different endings. But the, uh, there and they are they are. I think probably more explicit than it sounds. Firewatches—they're not—they're not really dependent on you 
inferring or on you uh, taking different things from it. Or even, I think it's very much the things that you're shown are literally different. So different things will happen, you know, to the extent of maybe this person dies, this person doesn't. It's that kind of different ending than it is sort of what were the events leading up to that and how can you then interpret that ending in a different way within the context of the game that you've just played how does that then play out so yeah and i don't know um i i guess i mean for me with with anything like that it kind it always feels like i'm trying to think of an example where uh that bucks the trend but it always feels like the first time i play it through uh, that is the ending that is my ending that is the kind of that's that's just the game that I played and to to go back and play it through again I would have to play it in a deliberately different way to see something different happen so if yeah. it's, with something like Detroit become human you know we both played that that is that kind of thing like the way that I played it through however imperfect it may have been you know I I was fulfilled in the sense of the stories that I experience through that game came to an end in one way or another and most of them felt fulfilling they didn't always feel not fulfilling in like the oh yeah i feel really good about that sense but just in the i feel that they they ended in a way that was consistent to the way that i played Mm. the game effectively Mm. and it it wasn't jarring it wasn't like the whole thing of i guess you know the typical example is like mass effects where it's Mm. you spend a trilogy playing a game in a certain way with certain characters making certain decisions and then it kind of wraps it all up um in the sort of the same way regardless this is yeah this was very different to that and i think i think for anything like that even even games that aren't specifically narrative based something like dishonored you know i would play that in a certain way a stealth way because that is how i would play that's just how i would play that game like the idea of playing it sort of gung-ho and killing everybody and going all out it just isn't that is not how i would play that game and in order to see that ending or or kind of have that experience it would have to be a very deliberately jarring uh way of playing it for me because i just wouldn't yeah so I mean, I rarely play through sort of choose-your-own-ending games, for want of a better term, more mm. than once. Unless it's for work, then fine sometimes. Um, I, I'm not really too bothered by... If everyone gets the same ending, well, then it doesn't matter. Like, if it's like Firewatch or Mass Effect, largely the same ending, or Walking mm. Dead, with largely the same ending. Um that's not really the skill or the interest bit in those games for me. It's the belief. It's the it's the how well do they make you believe that you're mm. in charge of what's going on here? It doesn't matter to me if I'm not actually in charge at all. Like I'd I'd prefer a deeper level of authorship by the people writing and creating the game and providing this amazing curated story than I would just fumbling. You know, just just like me arranging all of these blocks in some random way and it will be largely random because you don't know always what effects your decisions are going to have on what's about to happen so it's not like you're genuinely curating the story you're mm. just sort of giving it your best bet of i'm either gonna role play this character or i'm gonna do this because i want to be an asshole or i want to be the nice guy or i want to save my money or i want to save my resources or mm. whatever mm. whatever you're just using to decide what to do um yeah, because I think, you know, playing through it a second, third time, like the magic's gone. Um, you are just playing through it mechanically at that point, and there's not a lot of interest for me on that level because I'm, you know, I'm more interested in the narrative stuff anyway and seeing all the different possible outcomes of individual scenes like, you know, a writer might have had these three ideas in his mind or her mind. I don't... I don't really care about that. I just want to see what the finished product was. Mm, mm. Um, but the, but yeah, on a on a sort of mechanical, I will play stealth. I will play stealth. Is that because you always play stealth, or is that because Dishonored presents itself in a certain way? Um, I think probably by and large, I do where there's an option to i do always play stealth or at least i try to with something like metal gear or something like that 
that will always be the intention and then you know in all likelihood something goes horribly wrong and it just descends into a, a bit of a shit show and i'm running around with guards hunting me down and whatever it is but yeah i, I think that is that's just the way that i i lean towards and it always makes me feel when people talk about oh there's you know different ways to play this game different ways to approach it it's like well yes theoretically that is true but as far as i'm concerned there isn't because i'm only going to play it the way that i'm going to play it and that's that's not a negative thing it's not to say oh well you know that means there is only one play to, way to play the game because that's ridiculous but it's just i guess ostensibly what that means is similar to you probably i'm not really bothered by that in and of itself and and in many in many ways particularly with regard to narrative i would rather it was um that it was more tightly authored um rather than it just being well this one decision has got five choices and that will lead you in five different directions it's like unless it's done really well there is a there is a problem with that i think because writers creators can trip trip over themselves trying to have every single permutation pay off and you may end up in a situation where actually because of the particular combination of choices that you made although you felt that broadly you were sort of going in one direction the game you know because it's a binary thing at the end of the day the game crunches all those numbers and then says spits out this ending you know or even not even an ending necessarily just a a climactic point and it's well that doesn't feel and i think you felt that it seemed like having a conversation a while back you felt that with with uh detroit whereas i felt my a lot of my decisions paid off i think paid off is the wrong word but i i felt like it was i felt i guess i felt like it was rewarding even though i felt like i was making decisions that weren't optimal in terms of the game i felt that nonetheless the game allowed me to do that um and the witcher i think has historically done that quite well and i think there's an example that i always go back to with it being like a choice you arrive i think it's literally in the very first game it might be in the second one but you arrive in a you arrive in a swamp area and it's a very self-contained area so it's kind of it's like whatever happens here likely won't have repercussions elsewhere um mechanically it might do like as an overarching narrative you arrive and there's like these elven um freedom fighters the game sort of portrays them as as terrorists in terms of the like that's how the the good uh the good members of society see them but they are effectively just trying to survive um and then there's the the uh the good guys in the armor you know shining armor and, and whatever flaming rose or something knights of the flaming rose and basically it's you have to pick one or the other to side with and i decided because i was role-playing Geralt, who is typically uh, as far as I was concerned, sort of quite a neutral character, doesn't really get involved in politics, won't really pick a side for the sake of it. He'll take on jobs, but he doesn't like go, yeah, I'm I'm righteous and I'll do this because it's the right thing to do. So I was just like, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to. And that means I won't see this bit of the game because it's like there wasn't an explicit option to do nothing. It was it was you either pick one, you pick the other. And once you've done that, then the story will move on. Then there'll be maybe a, a battle and you'll be on one side, you know. But I decided not to do either because it just didn't fit with the way the character uh, lived in my mind. And when I left that place, kind of further down the line, somebody, one of the NPCs, calls that out and says, you know, I know what you did in the swamp. I know that you, you know, you sat on the fence. You can't always do that. You, the time's going to come when you have to pick a side. You can't be neutral. And I really liked the fact that that had become, although I didn't know it at the time, and this is going back... The original Witcher was like 2007 or something. It's going back 10, 10, 11, 12 years. Um, I liked the fact, the fact at the time that that, despite me not realising it was, had been an option as well, a gameplay option and that had narrative consequences. Yeah, and that it's still an cool. active option. Yeah. It's not, it's not a neutral, it's not a neutral effect that you've had on the game. No, and it didn't, um, but it seemed like it would be, my expectation at the time was that that wouldn't be a thing. It, it would. It felt like that these two camps were just going to stand there in you know forevermore, unmoving because I wasn't activating the trigger in order to make them clash. Because it was. Because at the time it wasn't. You know, you can st- spend as much time as you want there, and if you're not picking a side, they're not doing anything. It's not like oh, the battle was going to happen in t minus one hour anyway. 
it's not until you go away and then the game registers that you've chosen to not get involved. Um, and it's it's a small thing, but it was. Yeah. I remember at the time it being. I was I was impressed by that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's something I've uh, it's something that we've spoken about before, and I said it to a few people that like, I, I, I have this irritation of um, this this concepts that sort of gets banded around that films are passive and games are active. Um, I mean, it's it's just it's just not true at all, and the concept that. Because everyone's being fed the same information, so you sit in the movie, everyone sees the same movie in the same way. And that's a passive experience, and it's just like washing over you. And it's like, well, that's not that's not true at all. What's actually happening is that same information is going through 200 unique filters, or however many people are in the cinema. And what's the reaction that's coming out of that is unique 200 times so that's there's there's activity going on there inside the person there's there's an active element that's producing a result um at the end and I, i don't know if that's if that concept is really is promoted enough in these kind of games that we've well, the kind of games that we've been talking about do an okay job of it, um, but I'm not sure there's enough sort of confidence in that concept to, even in a game where you're sort of choosing your own path, it's okay to have elements that eventually all turn out to be the same because people are going to interpret them um, interpret them differently. But I suppose sort of following on from that like do you are you interested in listening to how other people interpret the same game so either from that from that perspective of everyone's seen the same thing or roughly the same thing in the game um in a a, i don't know in call of duty single player or something or even in or even in something like dishonored where okay you or metal gear where you've chosen to play a different a certain way but would you be interested in hearing even though you wouldn't personally do it someone who went through dishonored and just started smashing the place up from minute one um i think it very much depends on the game i would imagine i think i'm i am i am interested in some of those conversations and sometimes that's because you know to think of a conversation that we had a while back about Detroit it's because it is a literal comparison of notes of well this was what happened and I made these decisions and this is what happened and you made these decisions and this is what happened that's a very I guess a very obvious um a very obvious sort of conversation where there are two different view well they're not even really viewpoints necessarily they are just they are just a recounting of two different things that happened because different inputs were put in and different outputs came out um in terms of it being something like dishonored like i'm interested in it's more the the clever mechanical things that people do with a game like dishonored so how they use the powers to tell a story and and to set things up that I wouldn't have thought of myself or that I didn't experience and that that tells its own story and like linking certain characters together and like I think there's a, a power in Dishonored 2 where you can like link the fate of one character to another effectively and if what that person dies the target dies then so does the um so does the other person they're linked to so that allows for some sort of intricate web of execution but also some uh tom francis who did heat signature and um gunpoint um he is a big fan i, I believe of dishonored and uh deus ex and that I, I think i've i've read a couple of things that he wrote and a couple of i don't know if they were clips that he himself recorded or that he had pulled out from somewhere uh other people doing it and he kind of highlighted that these these big elaborate it's a bit like that old kids game mousetrap that old board game where you it, but but far more complex i mean i say that that was actually a very simple uh and linear okay. had a lot of pieces it did have a lot of pieces yeah but they, they all basically interacted the same way every time and it was 
yeah whereas this is a, a very this is like you do different things and different things happen so in terms of that like oh so yeah i took these powers or i leveled up these powers in dishonored and i was able to do this this and this that's interesting in the sense that i then feel like i've seen a bit more of the game without having to go and play that mm. but then i suppose to the third and final point of like something that is far more straight up linear something like a call of duty single player i'm not there's not and it's it's irrelevant really that it's called a duty that just happens to be the one that yeah, picked but think yeah it's, and it's just yeah it's just well, absolutely there's not really maybe i'm being unfair but i don't even really feel that there is much room there for interpretation to then for me and you say to have a chat about it and you took different things from that experience than i did um yeah it could just be yeah it's probably just i got stuck here you didn't because yeah. the story's not a lot to write home about no and that and is it's again not, so it's not even a single player in the in the, in the, in the latest no absolutely and it's so uh, that again is kind of a comparison of notes in the same way uh, in the same mechanical way that detroit is but in a very different the outcome is very different in detroit you're talking very much about the decisions and what happened you're not you're probably not really talking about the moment to moment, oh, I did this or I got stuck here or, you know, you're talking about the decisions that you made. Whereas in Call of Duty, it's like, yeah, it might be, oh yeah, it took me, you know, 10 times to kill this boss and you might say, oh, I, really? I like, beat him first time or whatever it might be. So it's, those conversations I'm far less interested yeah. in having, I think. I mean, the, the decision, the decision elements can, um, talking about which decisions you made can apply to just non-narrative games as well. Like, I play a lot of Fortnite, and when we are talking about games afterwards, or playing squads, a squad of four, rarely playing single player or solo. <clears throat> um, and when we're recounting games to other people, or even just to ourselves in our team of four, we are talking about it in terms of, and then we made this decision to go here, and then we made this decision to go here, and that does create a narrative mm. in and of mm. it, in and of itself that is beyond just. Um, you know, I shot this person or whatever. Like it is an mm. active decision, or a real, well, what is ostensibly a narrative decision. When you're sort of thinking of it back, um, even in the moment, it doesn't feel like you're creating a story. But when you look, when you look at it back, you have. Um, you know, do we go here? Why do we go here? How do we get there? Um, who who swaps these materials around? What's the result of those things? Like mm. That is that is a story that's been created there. Yeah. Do you think how much of that do you think is how much of is the the external factor at play of the other human players and the name of the game being to survive and therefore potentially to kill other people, but not necessarily, but just to survive to the end of the round. But how like well, you'll have to kill someone if you want to win eventually. Does it not work the same as like PUBG that you can just win by hiding, uh, well, the hiding circle, in a bathroom effectively? Well, at, yeah, you can get to the end by doing that, but at the end there's going to be you or your team and another team at oh, least. Okay. So you will have to kill someone eventually, oh, right. unless they just get very, very, very unlucky and get and die in the storm. But mm. that is that is very rare that you're going to win like that. Well, you can see, tell how much of Fortnite I've played by that huge uh, hole in my knowledge. But that's yeah. How much? Like, what think... if two people just hid in sheds? Eventually, <laughs> like the game is going to have to force you to get one person up. to kill the other one. <laughs> so, is, but how much of that story do you think? Um, is tied to that the imperative of needing to do something need if it was if it was like a you know as a squad of four versus the ai or versus or even not even versus but just in an in an open world game do you think would you talk about it in the same way would those would those stories have the same significance no you need a goal like you need a framework to work towards but i think isn't that the same for any story, whether it's deciding which narrative choice you want to make or even just living your life like I need to get X done today? There's always, mm. if there's no stimulus, then there's never going to be any reaction. So there's always got to be something pushing yeah. you. Yeah, but it's the, it's the human element that I'm, in, that I'm curious about. Like, like, so say versus Destiny say so and not destiny like pvp but destiny just going out and going out in a, mm. in a three-person 
squad or fire team, whatever it's called these days. And, um, and how many games have you played? <laughs> that three. It is called a fire team. I read up on Wikipedia for, for the rest of my knowledge. Um, yeah. So going out in a fire team and, and playing a, a mission against, you know, just the story mission against the, against the AI or whatever, just you're going through, you're achieve, you're still achieving a goal. There's still that thing. Do you think, you know, would you have those same conversations? Would they be, would, is sort of part of the, uh, the recounting of it because there's like an excitement that's, or a tension that's brought around by being against other thinking and moving human beings are all, all trying to do the same thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it seems like you'd have more animated or interesting or, or, heated even if you feel somebody's done the wrong thing but heated debates or conversations about Fortnite than you would about destiny where it's like there isn't that same pressure there's still a goal but not the same pressure i think there's still there's still the same pressure in destiny if you're doing the harder stuff if you're doing the raids Mm, mm. like while it's against ai like the raids are incredibly complicated to get through yeah they are and they they kind of can be akin to a puzzle but yeah, I'm thinking more just like the like Fortnite. I don't know if Fortnite has an equivalent of that kind of that kind of. Uh, I know it doesn't have raids, but like a, a no, just a, no, well, a general session. Of... It does have to save the world, build up your base, zombies come along. Yeah, well, I mean, so perhaps perhaps that's a more relevant example then. But like that, so PVE and PvP, which if you played with the same people. Um, again, you've got a goal. You've got you're trying to achieve something, but would you? have those same conversations uh i guess how yeah how much is the human factor a factor would you have those same conversations would they be as interesting and as exciting if it's hard to tell um rarely play fortnite pve destiny destiny probably but i have a smaller group that i play destiny with so i play it Mm. less and there's less people to talk about it with um but even just me playing against a computer, um, I still there are still certain games that I talk about a lot. Just me versus the AI, um, mm. like Football Manager, for example. Um, talk talk about that with people all the time. Yeah, but I was I was aiming for like two games that are broadly similar, I suppose. Even if it's just in so much as you have a gun in your hand that's that's the similarity there right there but you're playing with the group you're playing with the same you're playing with the same group and the conversations that happen afterwards like i can imagine you tell you probably have told me about something that happened in Fortnite, uh something that you did or that your group did um but i don't think there's been any point where like destiny You've, or Call of Duty or single player, like where you've said, oh, and this happened in... No, Fortnite is much today. more... Um, I'm, I'm just, just about trying Fortnite. to sort of get to the key of what that, like, what what is it? What is it that makes people afterwards want to... I think the thing for about me it. about Fortnite is... I mean, there's lots of things to talk about because the, 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 it feels like, even though you're limited on mechanics and stuff, there's there's like an infinite number of ways any round can play out and there's enough hard elements enough constants uh i.e weapons will always come out of chests the chest might not always spawn in the same places every time um but weapons always come out of chests buildings are always going to be in the same place roads are always going to be in the same place vehicles often in the same place um you're going to drop into the map um but there's enough randomness as well of you don't know where the storm's going to close into the storms are at different speeds. You don't know exactly which weapons you're going to get out of chests. Um, yeah, and presumably, so a big part of that, like surely, presumably, that is the human element as well, though. Like that organization. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, so and yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the the best and biggest, like from an arty sort of like drawn back narrative level on that game, I think what's really special about it is. And this is and this is the same thing that's special for PUBG as well. But I think the, the minutiae of Fortnite's elements sort of ramp it a, a, a notch above that. Mm. But the thing that's special about it is that a hundred people drop into the map, and immediately there's a hundred stories being played out at the same time, but individually and in isolated ways. 
but each player is getting a snippet of the other person's story when they interact with them or see them. Mm. But you're getting a corrupted form of that story. So you're not seeing it in the same reality. So you see someone on the distance and you try to snipe them. You hit or you miss. You're you're interacting with that person's story a little bit. You're getting a window into their world a little bit, the story that they've had. But you're not getting the proper window into the world. You're seeing it through your lens into their into their world. Mm. Um, it's getting into like cosmology and stuff. But I read <laughs> I read books about cosmology and whatever. And um, one of the big things that they uh, it's this guy Brian Green who writes these incredible books, and he talks about how. Um, sort of shared experiences, time travel, all of that stuff is always happening all the time. So long as you accept the re- the concept that all realities are equal and they are all um, <coughs> uh, not just equally real, but equally important. They're, they're, you know, whether it's you or the ants. So there's a hundred players in Fortnite. Everyone's got there's a hundred different realities, but then there's probably millions or thousands of interlinked those little threads of reality that link different people together. Mm. Um, so it's all, so it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a really powerful experience for that reason. Like there's all of these different worlds going on within one shared world at the same time. Like there's just so much sort of meat there to sort of get sort of, all sort of like art school mm, about yeah. like yeah no I know what you mean and that's and I think yeah I'm interested in like that like the minutiae of it and, and talking about the very specific details so versus a game for example that I recently very recently uh, as in this morning started playing um, called Bridge Constructor Portal and oh, I never play games in the morning and I'm not playing that in the morning <laughs> <laughs> well, from what I understand, because I didn't, I really knew nothing about this beforehand. So I think they clearly have, um, they've done well because it's a portal variation of a franchise called Bridge Constructor, as far yeah, as I, I've as far heard as I understand. of it. I've heard of it. Right. So, and the, the portal bit is what sort of piqued my interest. Um, but in that, in a, in a very, in very broad terms, it's a bit like a cross between Lemmings. And uh, a construction game that now escapes me, but it's the sense that you're trying to get a certain number of people from one place to an exit, and they can die along the way, and it's like that. I mean, Lemmings is very much of the moment, so you sort of do stuff with your Lemmings whilst they're moving. So you build a, a staircase, or a, you know, you click on a Lemming to make him open an umbrella so he doesn't splat when he falls and bridge constructor mm. is you do the work kind of in advance and then you run it and test it and see if it's going to work um but that is a game that I've, I've i've only played like half a dozen levels of it but i'm really enjoying but that's not a game that i would talk to you or to anybody about the specifics of what happened in any given level but all of the th- all of those specifics all of those times that i laughed to myself or i was an idiot because I didn't link two things together that I should have, or or just like the physics did this resulted yeah. in this crazy crisscross. I wouldn't recount any of those as specific instances. Not but, as specific. No, I would, yeah. All, yeah, all of them would feed into my overall opinion of uh, my my feeling about this game, which is what I would convey. That's that I wouldn't just say, oh yeah, it's good or it's oh it's rubbish. You know, it'd be there'd be more to say than that. And those little individual moments that in Fortnite might be the bits that you talk about in something like Bridge Constructor Portal are the bits that inform the thing that you talk about. Does that mean, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, immediately comes to mind trials. The trials games are like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the individual jump that you might have been stuck on for ages or, or nailed the first time, that's cool or that's irritating. And then it's subsequently rewarding when you get through it. Yeah, probably wouldn't... Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of would I even remember those a couple yeah. of days later. Probably would. The, the, the really annoying ones. I can't actually picture one now from Trials Fusion in my mind. <laughs> so that's really annoying. But yeah, no, I wouldn't talk about the individual jumps and stuff on there. But I would definitely, or have done in the past anyway, when people are still talking about Trials. Um, uh, certainly, yeah, had those sort of wider ranging discussions and it's like each each individual element there just sort of blends in like it's just one it's one dot on a um on a painting or whatever mm. and the, mm. the, the, the painting's made up of ten thousand dots like 
it's more that the each individual dot doesn't really matter, but each individual dot does also matter, but you know only when they're only when the other million dots are, exist at the same time. Mm. Yeah. So with those, like, has any of that changed over the last few years for you? Has any of it changed either as your circumstances have changed, as you've got older, as you've done the job that you do for longer, or like pre-writing yeah, um, about video games versus post-writing about video games? Is that of those? Yeah, I mean, the, the writing about video game things, it's the same as, it's the same as in films. Like, studying about films a long time. It's hard to switch off from mm. a, a sort of critical thought level, um, and it tends to it tends to be easier. It's easier with certain kinds of games or films. It's easier, if, certainly with films. If I've already seen the film two or three times, it's easier for me to switch off thereafter. Um, and with games, it's the same. It's hard. Uh, it's not necessarily hard because I still just do sort of like zone out to games or just like let them play out and not although I think I do but maybe subconsciously I don't um, I'm certainly more critical of games I don't necessarily mean that in a negative I'm just always looking to understand it fully like why am I feeling this what is going on here mm. um, in terms of the actual playing of the games I mean, I've put in less hours now than I used to. And mm. certainly, I mean, mm. when I was a kid, when I was... I'm trying to think how old I was when Final Fantasy VII came out. Uh, 12, 13. Um, I, I mean, me and my brother would just play that for, I don't know, like 30 hours in a mm. weekend. Mm. Like, and and we'd, have, we'd have completed the whole thing. I don't know, take 120 hours. It would probably take us... 30 hours on the weekends plus some extra hours in the weeks. I don't know, probably get get through that in like two and a half weeks or something, three, three and a half weeks. Um, and that's like nailing it. That's like doing all the bosses, all the, all the optional bosses and spending ages in the towns and leveling up beyond what you need to do and stuff. Um, I rarely put in those like giant eight hour sessions anymore mm, uh, mm. although there have been cases like when a new football manager comes out i will do that because i'm excited to play like with the new with the, the, the teams from this season and stuff um are you playing that in the same way though do you feel like are you playing that in the way that you would play would have played final fantasy 7 in that it has your undivided attention and you're not doing anything well, else? well on on and off so football manager when it first comes out, I will play it undivided attention. Okay, I'll get up and go and do drinks and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but thereafter, after the first couple of weeks or so, it's just something that's always on in the background whenever mm. I'm on the computer and I just like mm. dip in and out of it between emails or whatever. Mm. I'll play a game, sort out a contract or whatever. Um, but like Firewatch that I played recently, um, I played all that. I played the whole thing through in one go without mm. stopping. Well, without... I stopped to, you know, use the bathroom or get a drink or whatever. But in one session, I played all that through all the way from start to finish. And I think it was probably a more powerful experience for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I rarely play. Um, like I've got Fallout 4. And I mean, uh, I've been playing that for ages, but I rarely play it for more than like two hours at a time. Mm. Um, whereas previously Fallout Fallout Three, I would you know, I know probably completed that in a week as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've just got less. I don't know if it's less patience or just less. I've just got more stuff to worry about, more other stuff to do. I mean, I've certainly got very little time now to just sit. I can't really think of an example recently where I've just had the freedom to sit down for eight hours and play a game mm. with no with no worries. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. I think probably less time is is a factor. I think for me, I've kind of looked for different. Well, I still do play those those big games, but I find that I have to kind of gear myself up for it, and it's it's something that I feel that I have to. I have to be in the right mood for it. I have to be like, if I'd start it. What's more likely to happen these days is I'll start a game like I don't know, like a God of War or a. Dragon Quest or whatever it might be and it will just 
take me a very long time to get anywhere in it because I won't be, maybe it's because I won't be putting in those six, seven, eight hour sessions like maybe once upon a time I, I would have. But I might still fill up the same amount of time that I would have played that playing a few different other games. So there's like several games on Switch that I'm playing in handheld mode. It's kind of a lifestyle thing to an extent. Some of it is I might play, you know, kids go to bed and um, never heard of that game. (laughs) That's, that's one that when you, uh, when you get it right, when you, when you unlock that achievement, that's like a very, very rewarding, uh, rewarding outcomes like yes the kids are in bed i've i've won like that's it so it's uh it can be a long game or it can be a short game it depends how the night goes uh but i'll sit down and play things like darkest dungeon and into the breach and stuff like that on on switch like just these little well they're not bite-sized games in and of themselves but they have a i don't know they kind of have a yeah, and they have an immediacy to them as well that means you can just play it for 10 minutes and feel yeah. like you've achieved something. Whereas in a God of War, I, you know, that's yeah, a much yeah, harder yeah. proposition. Yeah, um, I think Football Manager is probably that for me. I can mm. play it bite size. You can play it for, you know, 500 hours in a row if you want, and it, it would still work. But yeah, you, it is bite size and it has natural. It's turn-based, essentially, and it's, mm, it has natural mm. pauses constantly. And um, But there's a lot of different pacing in it. Like, the pacing in the season is very different to the pacing in the off-season, where you're just, like, trying to get your squad together and your, your trainers and stuff. So mm. it does depend at what point in the game you're at as to what kind of bite-sized experience you're getting. Yeah. But yeah. same with Darkest Dungeon as well. If you're in a dungeon versus in the town, that's mm. a, that's a different sort of that's a that's a different experience you're getting there. Yeah, and both feel well for me anyway. Both in that specific instance, both of those things. You know, there might be a Darkest Dungeon session for me if I'm short on time. Might be literally just priming everything and getting everything set up for the next run at a dungeon i might just uh, like work out which squad i'm going to take sort out their abilities which abilities are they going to have equipped what trinkets are they going to have equipped make sure their armor and their weapons are upgraded and their abilities blah 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 um put people into stress relief activities and that might be that might take i don't know 15 minutes or something that might just be the entirety of my time and then i'll put it down knowing that the next time i pick it up we're good to go on the yeah you know the next dungeon yeah, I mean, I've done I've done similar things like that football manager where there might be a big game coming up. It's a game, you know, to get a Champions League spot or an FA Cup final or something. And then I'll set up all my team instructions. I'll look over the the opposite team. I'll set my players to how to react to individual players or not to react to them at all and just play our own game or, or whatever it is. Spend ages doing that. Save it. Maybe come back the next day <laughs> in the and play the final, mm. and then probably and probably restart it if I lose. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> when I was younger, I, there was a couple of times where I like, cut finals. I would do that and then wait until the next day, or at least wait an hour. And then I couldn't I couldn't resist it anymore. I'd just turn it back on and play it. But I would come back and I'd put a, put a little suit on, get a tie, <laughs> go 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 sit in front of the computer like I'm a manager at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> um, can't say I've done that recently. Role play, proper role play. <laughs> but that's yeah. and I like. But I, see, I like that, that. There's a certain element of anticipation in doing that. Like you, you get to a certain point with it, then you put it down, and, you, and then there's like a, a yeah. An well, I'll go to bed thinking about. Yeah, it. there's like a right. Okay, you know, I've done everything I can do for that. I'm prepped. I'm ready tomorrow. And you start thinking about how whatever it might be might go. And oh, do I need to actually? Do I need to just tweak that last? that last point of strategy or whatever it might be um and that also that kind of feeds into rather randomly but that feeds into um the first series of hitman uh the rebooted hitman that came out last year and that i perhaps was in the minority i don't know but i really enjoyed the episodic nature of that partly for that reason i really liked the thing of so for for various reasons, I mean, I'll, you know, in brief, but they were things like the most obvious is like getting the most out of each location because that's what you have for that month or what, however long it might be until the next one comes out. And I understand completely the the sort of uh, the answer to that being well, just 
if you've got the whole game, you can still play at one level as many times as you want and whatever. But the, for me, at least, the realities of it was or were that I wouldn't. I, if I've got one chunk, I've got one episode, I've got one location to play, I will play that episode and that location a lot more. Um, because every time I turn that game on, that's what I have to do. There isn't, oh, it's not like the, the temptation of the new. It's not like, oh, I might just go and have a look at this other level. It's like, well, that is, that's what's available. Um, but that for me was a, that was a good thing for me. That was, and also it meant like when the next episode was coming out, I would go and spend more time in the episode that was currently out because I would probably thinking I'm, I may not, well, I will return to this at some point for achievements or for not, not achievements, but for, you know, unlocks inside the game. Um, yeah, I think it's quite an old-fashioned way of doing it. Not necessarily in games, but I think on TV shows, where you have a TV show, episode will come out on a Thursday or whatever, and then you watch it, you consume it. You're not. It's not designed to be watched again. You just watch it, you consume it, you internalise it, and then you have a week to do that before before episode two or, three oh. or whatever comes out. But nowadays, you just get Netflix, Amazon, and whatever. It's just all released in one batch, and you can just fly through it as fast mm. as you want. Um, so with Hitman, like I liked the absolute nature, but only I didn't. Uh, I I completed all of all of the episodes, but I well, I say completed. I got through all of mm. the episodes. Mm. Yeah. I never went back and well, rarely went back and played them a second or third time after I'd accomplished the main the main objective. Okay. Um, I'm just uh, it's very rare for me to do that on any games really um, very rarely will I go back in and play through it again or try to play through it explicitly in a different way or try to uncover every secret or whatever mm-hmm. um, whether it's a game like Hitman or um, uh, like like the Detroit or whatever we've been talking about mm in the past um with different narrative decisions to make it's very it's quite rare for me to go back and do that mm. i mean I, yeah i think and like talking about dishonored or something like that i'm certainly usually of that uh of that mindset hitman i think is quite a different proposition for me i quite enjoy looking at the various different challenges within the levels and thinking and using those as a way of playing the game differently and thinking okay so you know this one is i need to kill this person by pushing this other person on top of them from a balcony so when when does that actual scenario come up and it then becomes a very different way to play than trying to take them out from afar with a sniper rifle so it's i definitely played the episodes more um more i think than i would have had they all been released at the same time and from a very from a from a sort of a minor role-playing sense from a thematic sense i also just like this is a nicety but i also liked the fact that they came out once a month or so because that ad for that for me added to the fiction of last month agent 47 was in paris and this month you know it's not like literally the next day he's then in italy or spain or wherever the other episodes took place colorado was one of them um it is like a it's sort of like revisiting his world and his profession and yeah it's it a month feels like a feasible amount of time for a new contract to come in or whatever it might be so and that's you know that's a minor thing but it, it was something nonetheless that i noticed and and felt the uh the appeal of and that's i just know that when the next hitman comes out which i think is very soon um I will be, I'm interested to see what they've done with it in terms of the AI and in terms of the different ways that they've tweaked it to make it um, just the challenges different so that you have to think differently. So it's not just, oh, I can apply the same thinking that I used for the first set of missions to the second set of missions. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm less, I, I kind of feel already like I'm probably not going to play it as much um because of the fact that i'll have it all at once which is you know semi ludicrous and i understand that there'll be people that don't feel like that at all they'll play it more because they can sit down with it for hours on end but yeah yeah. i suppose it can um i'm trying to think so i don't play replay that many games i mean i suppose again coming back to football manager you can say i replay that a lot but it's such a different kind of game there's nothing that really exists like football manager so i don't really see it as when i start a new season a new a new whole game not a new season i start a new game 
it's not like I'm replaying the same game. It's not it's not the same game at all, unless I'm the same club explicitly. But Football Manager, as soon as you press continue that first time, it's 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 a wildly different game from when you press continue the first time last time. Like it's so intricate that it's not the same. It never feels the same. Um on the Hitman stuff. I was just trying to think why I don't necessarily play it through again. I, I'm not someone who tends to use the terminology or see games as something to be beaten necessarily in in those terms. Even even on competitive games like um, that, I play a lot Fortnite or well, Football Manager's competitive, I suppose. Um, I am trying to win in there. I suppose I am in, in the truest sense trying to beat that game. But I never see it as like beating it in terms of now I have objectively beaten it and I can move on to the next game. Not in like a Hitman sense of I, I have now done every single tiny little thing that can be done here so I'm going to be moved on. I mean one, so I'm going to move on. One in Football Manager, that would be absolutely impossible to do anyway. But I'm just not really thinking about it in those terms. I'm just trying to be the best manager I can be. Um... And that might not even be, you know, win the Champions League or whatever. That might that might not be the goal. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to think why I wouldn't necessarily play through, why I don't play through Hitman until I've seen all or more of mm. the game. I just yeah. don't really have that competitiveness, like me versus the game. I don't really, I don't, I rarely experience that. Yeah, see, I don't, yeah, and I understand, yeah, I completely understand that. I don't think it is a, because I don't really have that either. I certainly don't go out to get, you know, a platinum trophy on PlayStation games and whatever it might be. I, but the, and I think that's why for me Hitman's a, a quite unique in that sense, because I will play it just to see things happen differently, just to see if I can execute that plan so in a, curiosity in a, yeah it, yeah it is in a different way it's, it's almost in a really sort of pulpy trashy way it's almost like having a conversation with somebody about a film like final destination or saw or something like that that i haven't seen and them describing the different ways that these people got killed or met their end or you know and then you think it's going to happen this way and then it turns out that he slips in the shower and you know blah 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 he ends up dying in this really silly mundane way it's kind of like that it's like well i've done it the way that i that seemed the most natural to me the way that was presented to me or that i felt was presented to me in hitman i've kind of followed that breadcrumb trail done it in a certain way but what other ways are there like just what other if i do it this particular way and again this is very much guided by the challenges which i think is a key thing for hitman it's not the same for me as looking at the achievement list or the trophy list outside of the game um this is like the challenges that are in the game that will be like you know something as basic as complete a level without changing a suit i'm not bothered Mm. about that those are the those are the things that i'm not bothered about i'm not looking for that thing of well how can i sort of have mastery over this it's more these oddities and that's perhaps why i remember things like yeah kill these two targets that you have to kill by pushing one on top of another like it's kind of almost silly slapstick comical things or you know kill this guy by mixing a cocktail for him as a bartender in plain sight of everybody it's it's sort of the but silliness are you following those goals explicitly when you're replaying it or are you just um, or are you just experimenting? Because when you're saying things like those, those sort of crazy things that can happen, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not sure it's replaying, but I play Grand Theft Auto V still now and again, still dip into that, but I don't start a new game. I'll just go into my completed game and just mm. mess around in mm. the world. And crazy stuff happens that you've never seen before, but there's, it's not like the game doesn't have a objective okay, now execute this in this way. Yeah, no, it just happens. Yeah, it is more like that, I think. It is more like the playing around with it and seeing how it works. And I might go into a level thinking, oh, I'm going to try. I might go into a level having looked at three or four of the different achievements. And if you've got, like, say you've only got a single target for an assassination, you obviously, in the space of one level, one playthrough of that level, can't kill them in all of those four different ways, unless, I suppose, you reload. But... But I might go into it thinking these are the these are four three or four different ways to kill this person that I 
hadn't seen or hadn't thought of beforehand. And I'm going to just play around with it and see what comes out the other end and and respond to opportunities that crop up. And so, yeah, it is more of a sort of playing with it as a sandbox than it is going down a very specific prescribed route. Um, mm. and Do it, you play it yeah. in front of other people or with other people? Because sometimes if there's people over... We'll just bang on Grand Theft Auto Five, and it's just fun to just watch people or like take turns or whatever, and just see what people come up with. Um, no, not Hitman. No, not Hitman's maybe a bit slower. I yeah, it is it? Uh, yeah, I don't. I think. Yeah, I think it probably not Hitman, but certainly, yeah, there's certainly other games like that where somebody people will watch, and that becomes you know. Part yeah, it's of a the, single player game, but it's a multiplayer. Yeah, exactly. Experience. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm. Um, yeah, that was a very specific thing about Hitman, but it's it is. I think it's a you know it's a game, a series I've been playing for a very long time, like a lot of people. And the the episodic thing was interesting to me, and I know that it probably didn't go down amazingly well. I mean, it seeming it doesn't seem to have because the next series is coming out all in one go, so it was perhaps an experiment that wasn't as well received as it might have been hoped. I don't know, but um, but you know, even as an as an, even an extra uh, sort of element to that i have heard that uh io has based on developing the second hitman series they've gone back to the first one and introduced elements that they've come up with for the second one into the first series which would mean that things have been changed and i think one of those things as sort of a high level example was like reflections in mirrors so if you're stood behind somebody and they're washing their hands at a basin, they know you're there. Whereas in the first series, they didn't. And you could just go up to them and kill them like that. And as far as I'm aware, in the second series, you can no longer do that. And they've retrofitted that to the first series as well, which, you know, can change things. So that's that's an interesting element as well, just that, that sort of ongoing uh, development or that ongoing upkeep and sort of consi- brings it all into line and there's a certain consistency. Uh, for the world but um yeah i'm interested to see what's what it's like but i'm just i kind of i'll feel more i'll i'm more likely play the second series of hitman perhaps more like you like I, it'll go through it once it's done i might go back but probably not i'll just move on to the next because i'll play it more as an overarching story than a than a sandbox i guess um so yeah all right well i guess we should probably wrap up 